Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 407 of the podcast with my wonderful guest, Afia Augustine. She is the wonderful host of a great podcast I have done as a guest fairly recently uh, called Adultish, and I could not have enjoyed our conversation more. I'm very excited for you to dig in, so I am not going to sit here yammering. I'm going to let you get into it, and I want to wish everyone a wonderful continuation of 2021 as we plod forward with hope in our eyes. Say hello to you from virus-laden, 87-degree Los Angeles in January. Isn't that crazy? What a weird, ugh. What a weird world. I know. How's it going? How's, I know. It's like hot outside. I was sweaty. Yikes. I mean, which is great, but also just everything is just weird. It's just hot. <laughs> yeah, everything it's hot outside weird. and you can't even be outside. And then you can, but then you're like, yeah, insides making everyone, I don't know. Um, But you guys are, how are you, how are you guys doing? You're about to run out of vaccines. Is that what I just read this morning? I mean, why not? It's it's New York. (laughs) Um, Everyone is, is, you know, in the midst of all this nonsense. I mean, like I have friends who are essential workers and nurses and, you know, the, the thing to do is to watch on their stories to make sure that they're, you know, negative or positive. Like that's literally, yeah. You know, my stories now is like, look, guys, I'm negative still. I'm negative. I'm like, yay. So I can imagine that the vaccines are running out like, you know, candy. Yeah. I mean, it's great that people are are getting tested or getting to get those results and stuff. But for sure, you have friends who are have have got have or who are essential workers who have gotten it and gotten over it. Um, not really essential workers i do have a couple friends of mine oh yeah i have my one of my friends um who's actually the producer for adultish he is his wife she's an essential worker she works at like a an old age nursing home mm. um she ended up uh getting po- uh, covid they are currently getting over it night right now so mm. um she's feeling better which is great to hear because when he told me that she first got it she was not feeling well at all she was throwing up <sighs> And the Ugh. weird part about it is that, like, I'm sitting here like, wait a minute, did they say throwing up was one of the symptoms? Is she know. pregnant? And so, like, <laughs> we're like, oh, my goodness, is she, is, like, is she, does she have COVID and she's pregnant? Like, what's going on? Oh, and God. we're like, just make sure that she's not pregnant or she has COVID, like, you know, which is it. And he's like, she's yeah. not pregnant. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So we know it's just COVID. Um, oh, her and another friend of mine. Um she the, i guess they lifted the ban on her job to come into the office mm. and um she was good for a while and then told me the other day that boom she she had covid as well so it's just like oh my goodness just everybody yeah but Here we are. um they're all getting over it now thankfully good. so the hope is that they don't get it again or you know they probably get the vaccine in time yeah. So that it's not like a, a recurrence. It'd be so interesting to see if the 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 switchover knock wood 
that it goes well for everyone's sake, whether you're a fan of the switchover or not. I would hope that mm-hmm. everyone would be hoping that no one would get hurt. But uh, but it would be lovely to see like the kind of rapid shift that is being touted for attention to stuff like that. Like, nope, we're just going to as soon as we are empowered to we're going to like massively you know, override kind of how things have been handled. I don't know. It'll be yeah. I've, like, has there, I mean, never has anyone ch- like, n- I mean, I, look, that's not fair with me to say, because I am not a history buff and I'm definitely right. not an American history buff. But I mean, this has definitely got to be a, an historic transition for like, okay, you're in the shit now, dude. <laughs> like, welcome in. It couldn't be worse. <laughs> like, to try to make the fastest impact possible for the most dire circumstances. Um, I'm sure it's up there to like when wars were happening and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know when, when wars was happening, it was just like, okay, we're running out of people. Who who else could we throw in there? Um, oh, uh, all right. Let's, who else can we throw in the mix? Let's, let's 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 bring in some of these Australians. Aren't they like? Like rapists and killers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Just we're, we're running out. Come on, come on. <laughs> like you're making a salad and you don't have radishes and you're like, mm, let me check the pantry. Like, what else can what I throw on this this warm mix? What would it, what else? What would taste good with this? You know, it doesn't even matter if it tastes good with it. What would make it a bigger salad? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Did you ever have an interest uh, in politics? Like, were you ever? Did you ever go through a phase or? Perhaps Never. you're still in one. I don't know. But yeah, yeah where you were like, let me <laughs> see. Let me imagine myself as a congressperson. Never have I ever. Um, yeah. To the to the point where even when I was in school and my mom was very much um, pushing me towards doing journalism because I wanted to be an archaeologist and she just could not handle that level of weirdness from her child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, even when they were like, go into journalism, I was like, I, I don't even want to touch politics and journalism. I know they go hand in hand and I do not want to touch that hand. Like it is, it is yeah. clammy. I don't like it. Mm, <laughs> nope. I don't want to touch it. Ever. I didn't know. I, did I know that you wanted to be an archaeologist? I think that's so wonderful. And yeah, I, I, and you're going to yeah. have to tell me where this was <laughs> happening and that, and, and, and how it was that your mom found that to be so weird. It's Okay. If you have the time, I will give it to you. Girl, that's all we got right now. Finally, together, you and <laughs> me. Know. This is all about After you. All these years. I want to dig in. Yes. Um. So honestly, this is going to sound really tragic, uh, but it all started with, uh, I think it's 1999's The Mummy with Brendan Fraser and Rachel. <laughs> When you said tragic, you must know, uh, given the circumstances of the rest of the conversation we've had, I was not imagining it would start with Brenda Fraser's mummy. That's the best tragic news I've heard all day. Yes. Um, okay. All, all right. That. Fell in love with that movie. And um, I fell in love with what Rachel's character, Evie, was all about. Right? She wanted to be an archaeologist. She wanted to be an archaeologist specializing in Egyptian history. And I was at least 11 or 12 at the time. And I was like, that's what I want. Like, I love this. This seems cool. And I literally would just start um, when I could go to the library and uh, I would just start like flipping through, you know, ancient Egyptian books and stuff or, you know, books about ancient Egypt. Yeah. And that kind of just like progressed because by the time I graduated or left junior high, I was, they were, I was doing projects. I was already um, buying books on like how to read and write hieroglyphics. Um, how so to I, read and write hieroglyphics. Yes, That's how awesome. To read and write hieroglyphics, which I'm hella rusty right now. But um, I had started doing that. And through high school, 
Um, I kind of, I just kept pursuing it. And my mom kind of thought it was like, oh, it's just, it's a little phase. It's a little weird phase, but it's a phase. And I think once I went to high school and, um, I had this science research class, I want to say like my junior year or so. My high, my high school science research project was about, uh, identifying, uh, the relatives of the, the mummies in KV5, uh, through mitochondrial DNA and, um, using, uh, glyphs like using hieroglyphs to read you know through the text and stuff and granted I didn't win any money because it I it wasn't something that I can actually test it was just all theory and stuff that I pulled from books um it was clear to everybody in the room like this girl really likes working with dead people like this is her judge this is her thing she loves it um this is her and so my teachers even applauded me for it because they were like this is just a really out of the box thing to just really to really love at your age yeah, of course it's like which sixteen-year-old is like, "Ooh, I wish I could go on a dig and like touch a thirty-five thousand-year-old mummy." Me, you know. Um, I love it though. Wait, this was is will you put it in the a pl- context of place? Did you say like where what city? Um, no, I just wanted to do ancient Egypt, so I wanted to be. In- no, but I mean, like, where were you? Oh, yes, in New York this entire time. In New York, yeah, 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 got, 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 in New York. Just make it. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. So, so it's not like you. But I guess I'm saying that because it's not like you're in Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Where I mean, you were in a, you were in, in a, a state and yeah. a city that has like one of the most impressive museums of the world and history right. of all time. So it's you not know, like, and you so know, it it wasn't completely off. You know that someone could want to do that. Yeah, uh, because it's it's you know it's in and around us, and uh, in the program that I was in in high school uh, in Brooklyn, uh, I was in this program at Brooklyn Tech, which is like one of the biggest high schools in New York City. It's, it's like holds five thousand kids, yeah. um, which is ridiculous because a lot of people are like, "Wait a minute, you're graduating classes like the amount of people in my entire school," and I'm like, "I right. know, I'm right. sorry, <laughs> like I don't know just how you we just take up." Space. I think I taught. Yeah, I've taught. I may have talked to someone else from Brooklyn Tech, but it is. It's like a college. It has to be like a college yes. campus almost. It's yeah, huge. We had like eight floors, and then like a a subfloor, then another sub subfloor. We had like fifteen gyms. It was ridiculous. Let's uh, dig deep enough. You might get your own uh, mummies. Exactly. For, just for you. Just your your special little... room of things that got dug up when they were building the sub, sub, yeah, sub, sub, absolutely. sub basement. Find all these people who were like building the Brooklyn Bridge and just walked up the street and just passed out. There we go. That's they're, right. They're buried under Brooklyn. <laughs> well, the concrete. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So at this point in time, of course, like I'm just showing so much interest in it and Um, one of my sisters even told me, she's like, listen, if this is something that you really want to pursue, like for reals, I will pay for you to go to Egypt. Like after you've seen your trip, like I'll pay to to send you there. But then how many sisters do you have? I have two older sisters. Okay. And I have one one younger sister who lives in another country. Um, Okay. Yeah. So she lives in the West Indies and my sisters are all, all, all here in the States. One actually lives in Virginia right now. Gotcha. And so the one who lives in Virginia was the one who was like, if this is something that you really want to do, like, I'll send you to Egypt. But my mom was like, oh, no, she really likes this thing and she <laughs> likes it way too much. I didn't I didn't think it would get this far. Um, so but what harm did you feel? Did you just feel like you can't make money doing this? It was a combination of like feeling that I wouldn't be able to make money in it. And I, I personally think a combination of like she would be too far away from home. Like if oh, I was had to, fair enough. I had to like live in Egypt and like work yeah. out of there or travel a lot or whatever. Yeah, and she's a very anxious woman, so oh bless that. Yeah. So I think at that point she was kind of like, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about her doing this, but I know she likes to write. Okay, listen, tell her that she needs to focus more on her writing and not on this archaeology stuff. Come on, tell her, tell her, tell her. Mm-hmm. So she's over, you know, in the corner doing some espionage with my sister. Um, <laughs> like, let's see if we can convince her. So actually, when I start college, I actually I started taking archaeology courses like in college because I was just like, I, I really want to pursue this. Um, but then at some point, she she really didn't like it and made it very clear that she didn't like it. Um, hmm. And I was working in the archaeology department at my college at that time, too. And I was offered this like once in a lifetime opportunity to go away and uh, to actually go do a dig in Europe. And she was just like, you know, I don't I don't feel comfortable sending you and I don't mm, know. How about you just stay home? And after that, it was just like, okay, maybe I should just focus on this writing thing. I'm just, I'm just going to focus on this writing and, and doing that. So um, I went back into writing and I was mostly trying to do creative writing. But then my sisters as well were like, yeah, I don't know the creative writing thing. You know how hard it is for like artists to like, you know, right. publish books and stuff. So maybe we'll have like a better yeah, It's not time as lucrative as like archaeology or whatever. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Zip. I'm zipping it. That's right. <laughs> just kidding. You know, because and then that was the other thing, too. I think um, I think it wasn't it wasn't just my mom. I feel like a lot of people in my family were also very much like, you know, you'll be living on grant to grants. And like, right. it's it's based on whatever's available and what's happening. So it would be a very like unstable mm-hmm. uh, career for you. And they're like, but you really love writing. And I mean, you can really take that somewhere. I mean, if anything, you can always become a teacher or something, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I don't like teachers being like the last resort job in this situation, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know that you're so right about that, that there is this sort of sense of like that you either want to be a teacher. So you become a teacher or you want to be something else. And when that doesn't work out, you just have to teach whatever it is you failed exactly. at. Like that's a super bummer way to look at things. Bum way. So yeah. Um, I eventually just went, just started taking more writing courses and finally moved my major over to uh, journalism. And yeah, I didn't even, and that, the funny part about all of that, graduated. And that was the year where the market was just like for like all publishing and they were just not <laughs> hiring people. And so I was just like working out of a craft store at the end of all of it. So it was just like <laughs> all of this, just like put beads in the bag and direct people to where construction paper was. was like, oh, I have put so many beads in so many bags. So I do relate. Yeah, I do relate. The only good thing out of that is I learned how to make jewelry, and 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 that. And was, you make beautiful jewelry, and that's what I do. I make I make that on the side, uh, hoping someday, some at some point in time, that it could be, uh, you know, a contributing factor into my lifestyle, so I don't have to work a nine to five. But uh, we're work. It's a work in progress. But man, it's standing behind that pro- counter and counting Swarovskis <sighs> into little baggies. Was like, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I have just done the exact same thing. I cannot tell you. I mean, when you said that, I had like, I had a visceral flashback <laughs> to being in Flagstaff, like pulling out like like very specific like Austrian crystals, like, okay, do you want this peach color? Oh, no, you want the peach pink color. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Like, yes, very, very, very well, strong and then memories. AB, do you have, do you happen to have three AB? I want to see the difference. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. the same spot. The gauge. Crap. The gauge. <laughs> oh, um, how do you feel? I mean, 
Listen, the way that you described your enthusiasm <laughs> and the way that you described it, like I, you have to tell me, but like, I kind of still want that for you. A lot of people do. <laughs> you're not. I mean, you know, you're the way you describe it. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is sounding really good to me for it's you. Crazy. So not to say like Egypt is the easiest place to go be right, not, you know, right now. So, all. but. Um, I'm, I mean, I want to say like within the last year and a half, I've had people tell me that um, a couple of my mm-hmm. friends uh, who know the story or, you know, when they're he- hearing me retell it for like the first time in a long time. Um, and it doesn't, you know, add to it doesn't it doesn't hurt that I got tattoos that are all like hieroglyphs that I've you know drawn and gone to and had to artists and was like, please put this on my body. So I yeah. have, you know, hieroglyphs on my body for the for the mere fact and my commemoration of my love of this. Oh, um gosh. So a lot I've had people like, hey, wouldn't you want to? I mean, it's not too late. And I'm like, I do not want to be that 40 year old person now getting into archaeology. Like, is this a bone? I can't tell. Like, I don't want to. I don't. (laughs) It's like I'm so far out of the gate right now, right? That I feel like it would just be so much for me to try and catch up and 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 get to enjoy all that exuberance with all that vigor and energy. It's like right. my knees feel like, you know, those bones in the ground. Like I'm cracking and cracking, you know, cracking my knees. Yeah. Knees. Like, listen, I, I uh, hear you on all that. Is there a ver- I mean, I guess you probably had this this exact conversation offline with uh, other friends. But is mm-hmm. there is there a version of the enthusiasm that like connects you to it? Like uh, museumology? Boy, I know that's not the right word. <laughs> I, know. I know deeply that's not the right word. But is there a I mean, is that like is that or does that sort of equate with like teaching in terms of like, oh, yeah, if I'm going to be connected to the topic, I, d- I it would be too hard to be more peripheral than like being boots on the ground yeah um for me or boots on the bones like, don't put yeah, your boots on the bones that's important you like, can't no, step on them you can't step on them that's artifacts you can't uh, <laughs> you're just carbon dating figure out how they are uh, that's right no i mean after that happened and i i found that i did love writing as much as i i loved the the concept good, of good. archaeology going into it okay. like, i did love writing but mostly creative writing like Right. Journalism stuff is cool. One of my first gigs in entertainment writing was at a um, online place where I had to write about Teen Mom and having to write like Mountain Mama and this, you know, Olive Garden, Olive Garden loving, you know, 16 year old like writing. I had it was just like I have to memorize like all the minutiae of these little girls lives uh-huh. and seem enthusiastic about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and then at some point, I also eventually started getting pigeonholed into like the kind of things that I could write there. So I didn't care too much for that. But um, creative writing for me was just I, I would get like the same feeling almost like in that ASMR kind of way, like if I thought about mm. archaeology and stuff. So when I was really invested in creative writing, I had a moment. My muse, she ran away. We, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I said to her. I don't know what <laughs> fight I accidentally picked with this muse yeah. but she upped and ran away for a while um yeah. as of late she's starting to come back i think she you know she bought a overnight bag a couple weekends ago and Yay! we're working on things <laughs> oh, i love we're it we're working it out you know we're gonna go to therapy together and you know figure it out but um that i i i missed having that level of enthusiasm so it's it's slowly coming back to me and as i'm starting to write for myself more a little bit here and there, I'm starting to feel good about it. So, oh, good. Yeah. All right, hear me out on this. Absolutely, I'm con- I'm going to connect a bunch of things all together. Yes, and I will give you 
what you should do with the rest of your life. No, not at all. But I will. I, I know. I'm I mean, that's, that's what our mash game is for. That's what our mash game is yes. for. We'll 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 unspool all kinds of crazy alternate universe stuff uh, in our mash game later. But um, here's where I'm going with this. Okay, yes. so I love that it was this you know adorable, funny, like genuine, fun movie that kind of like ignited it for you Mm -hmm. i will say that my first experience with the sort of concept of ancient egypt in any kind of of like a creative entertainment type way Mm -hmm. and i think i brought this up on the podcast before which seems weird because it's totally random but (laughs) um there's this author that i loved when i was a kid slash young adult um named zulfa keatley snyder okay and she had this book i think it won like the peabody or the something the whatever the like the 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 newberry the newberry award winner for children's literature yes um she, she had a book called the egypt game and mm. it took place in uh like kind of an urban setting mm. um with like a uh, few different neighborhood kids and somehow they ended up like uh it was just very relatable to me mm. and i think to many many children but that you know it was like somebody's oof i'm i'm hard pressed and i'm not going to look it up on my phone cuz i feel like always that ends up going <laughs> I know, like that's distracting and takes too much time yeah but um but these kids end up like you know sort of you know you pull the pl- the, the the plywood board that's loose aside into the backyard of the, the old shop so and the backyard is like has all these old pieces of junk and this and that and a mannequin and da 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 and they find this like old bust of Nefertiti and they end up sort of creating this um, alternate universe where they come it's like a club where they like come they're all you know it's a few different kids of different ages and um, different ethnic ethnicities and they kind of create this little club where they become really kind of fascinated by and obsessed with the whole idea of ancient Egypt and the gods and hieroglyphics and all that kind of stuff. And it's got a little bit of a, you know, turns into a little bit of a thriller um, in that adorable way that, you know, good, great kind of young person literature can. Mm -hmm. So now I'm putting all these things together and now I want you to like be like write a great young person's book that is inspired out of your love of Egyptology and then you'll make millions of dollars because like they'll want to make it into a Netflix miniseries and you'll get to go and like on location wherever they shoot it this is my new thought awesome and go (laughs) you say that no (laughs) no one of the short story not short stories one of the novels that I had started working on before my muse ran away was a young adult book um, set in present day and ancient Egypt. That was going to be like a sci-fi fantasy. Oh, um, this is happening. Almost time traveler aspect um, thing there. Like this a is happening. Connection across generations. No, this is this is happening. Your muse is back to stay. Yeah. I'm. I'm- a hundred percent sure. This I think is, I'm I so excited about her. this. I just, I was just trying. You to may have overloaded her, and she was just like, "Listen, ma'am, pick one story at a time." She I needed can't a minute. Focus yeah. on everything. You want me to write young adult, but then you want me to write erotica. Like, what do you want? I'm I done. hear She's you. Like, I hear you. She left. Well, guess I what? She's going to be really glad she came back because yes. I, I, it, you, are you going to tell me it's a coincidence that I just yes. like said yes. all that As she just came up talking she, like she, i was she, taking a like, deep uh, breath like how did she know yeah she she dm'd me uh mm. <laughs> while i was talking to you and planted that that's seed in my head that's right that's how dedicated she is to being back she's channeling through me yes. now to be like hey i'm here 
Let's get to work. Yep. That's so crazy. Okay, yep. now I'm super excited about it. Um, okay. So did you, going back to, and I don't mean to pry in any kind of way, but... Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Obviously, you know, you're able to describe your mom as being maybe a little worried, a little worried about Mm -hmm. your welfare and all that kind of stuff and wanting to make sure that you're safe or wanting to make sure you're nearby. Um, Did was that the kind of relationship that you and your sisters had? Like, were you a very close family? Was it sort of female forward? Um, You know, was it it was so there was because, you know, there are some kids who would be like, why don't you go fuck yourself? I'm going or (laughs) I'm going to do this. You're you know, the fact you don't want me to do it makes me want to do it more. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously not the relationship that you that you had with it as you struggled no. with that. Uh, funny enough, we were just talking to my mom last night about the dynamics of our relationship and mm. uh, like how we grew up. But overall, like we were all pretty close. I was the youngest. And I think that was also um, one of the many reasons why I was a bit of the black sheep in a way. Like I would mm. my sisters are like, I want to be, you know, I, I want to go to college and be a doctor. And the other one's like, I want to go to college and like I don't even know what she wanted to do maybe do architecture or something and then here I am I'm like I want to play with dead people <laughs> and it's like who is she what is she who is she and why is she here um but like I'm seven and eight years um there's a seven and eight year difference between me and my sister so I was the, the baby. okay yeah uh, so when I came like it was very much like um I was like the tag-along kid so we were close where it's like we had to they had to watch me um, but then also we were close because my mom at some point in time, uh, when she started working different jobs, she would like work evening jobs. And so we had to just always make sure that we were all home and like taking care sure. of each other. Sure. So we, we were pretty close. I mean, like I said, I was the oddball. My middle sister was like the lawyer. That's what we used to call her because she would like argue a point tooth and nail. Uh-huh. Um, and then like my eldest sister was kind of just like the cool boss. Like she would just sit by the side, just not say anything, but know everything. Uh-huh. Like, what, like, what's going on in that brain of yours? And she's like, you will yeah. never know. Like she's one, like one of those. Yeah. So we and and then you said you have one. You have one younger sister. Yes, so I assume that's I maybe a half one, sister, uh, perhaps or half sister. Yes. So my gotcha, father's gotcha. daughter, who I um, gotcha. for whatever reason he named her after me. So <laughs> there are. Two oh wow! Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! How how oh, much younger than you is Otherafia? She is three years younger than me. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you really he <laughs> it was yeah. It was a quick turnaround. <laughs> it was just like a shock. because <laughs> um, we came to the States. So my family were originally from Trinidad, West okay. Indies, Caribbean. Boop boop. Yeah. Um yeah. so we came here. <laughs> my dad was supposed to come and then I don't know, I guess he and my mom like didn't see eye to eye about something. 
and he went back to his home country of Grenada. So while he was there, um, he got with this lady. And then next thing you know, like, because I came up here when I was like turning three-ish, about three. And next thing you know, like he's sending my mom like a letter in the mail and it's like, hey, I have a little girl and her name's Afia. And we're just all like, why would you do this? <laughs> like you have a three-year-old name of <laughs> So we were like, uh, <laughs> but we just. I don't think he's the only person who's done that. I feel like that happens. You want to Isn't that st- yeah. crazy? I started working at this job and uh, at this place in the Bronx and my coworker and I, we go out for a drink at this queer bar. We just, this is, I'm, we're getting to know each other a little bit better and do yeah. so over a drink. And as we're talking, I'm like, man, our lives are so similar. And I was like, you know, my dad named his daughter after me. And she's like, what? My dad no. named his daughter after me. Oh my God. You probably said that as like, well, here's where the similarity ends. Top this. Um, I was named out like thinking you're so saucy. Like, guess what? You're not going to be able to relate to. That is bonkers. I can top your dysfunction. My oh dad my God. And she's like, I can match yours. So we were both that sitting there like, nuts. why do we have little sisters named after us? <laughs> <laughs> it is this sort of strange, like guilt slash love slash missing like there's this weird it's like you think it's a tribute to me but really how would a young person not feel replaceable like there's just such a weird like disconnect between the intention and the perception between the with that particular choice you know and to to get it from the side of the person who's being named is like are you using me to fill the void of this person yes well said you know it's it's what do you what what's what is your explanation and you know the intent behind it and the yeah. meaning or you know how it's being received so i i mean i met her when she was um how old was she i think she was 11 yeah she came and spent a summer with us when she was 11 and it was a crazy summer but it was something to to really watch because we had to find a way on like how to call i was gonna ask my next question please tell me that neither one of you had to be fifi no but actually that that is my nickname that they did okay me which as i got older i was like why are people calling me what they call poodles but i get it sure um and that's only within like i really put my foot in it didn't i no 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 it's all good it's that's only really for famine and and when they want to be cheeky. Listen, if it's it. a Usually term of affection, feet. if it's a term of affection, for sure, if it becomes like a diminutive, I guess that's where I was going with it, is that, that if you're treating it as a diminutive of like, you don't get to be the real Afia, you have to be the like the, the diminutive of Fifi. But I mean, uh, it's kind of adorable if you're, yeah, you know, they, you know I used to be like, hey, they call me a poodle. But for the most part, they just say Fee. Um, other also people call me Fifi, which is, which is, I'm like, okay, that's cute. Uh, when you, when I know that you're not trying to call me after, you know, trying to call, I call you Af, 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 Hey, Af, Af. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, but, no. Is, is Afia, uh, is that a, is that a name that had been in your family? Was it, does it mean something? Where did, no. where did Afia come so, to mean? It's a beautiful Afia, name. My, sure. Afia, my mom named me that because she said that she saw it like in an African naming book. Um, Mm -hmm. and that it meant last born of the last born. And she is the last of four of her mother's children. So I'm the last of her three. And then your dad was like, I'm going to make that the most ironic meaning of a name. Yeah. What could I do to make it the most ironic choice? Last of the last of the, the the actual last, the last, last, the the second last. (laughs) So... 
I mean, and the, the, oh the great thing about that is my mom tells me that's that meaning, right? And then um, as I start to get, you know, as I get older, we're walking about and we're going to fabric stores because she's like a seamstress, um, a seamstress by trade, essentially. And we're still with fabric stores because she wants to make curtains or something. And there's a Ghanaian woman, or I don't know how to say it, if it's Ghanaian or Ghanaian, it always trips me up. But a woman from Ghana who was um, <laughs> handling the fabric. And she's like, oh, your pretty daughter, what's her name? And I say, my name's Afia. And she's like, oh, well, are you from Ghana? And I'm like, no. And she's like, that's like a name in Ghana. I'm like, is it? She's like, yeah. She's like, were you born on Friday? I'm like, no, Saturday. She's like, oh, okay. Uh-oh. So she says, in Ghana, Afia is the name given to a girl born on Friday. Oh. And every time I encounter someone from Ghana, they immediately ask me if I'm from Ghana. So it's gotten to a point now, as soon as I see my, like I say my name and the yeah. person lets me know they're from Ghana and they open their mouth, I go, listen, nope, I, I'm not from Ghana. I wasn't born on Friday. And they're like, you sure? I'm, I'm positive. <laughs> so I've gotten that. So like I have a UPS delivery man. We had a whole chat. Oh about my it. gosh. That's so he funny. You saw the name on the package. You know, He's like, Afi, and I'm like, yes. And I saw the excitement. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm from the West Indies. I was born on Saturday. I'm not from Ghana. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a barrage. You really have to hit him over the head with it. Now, that being said, number one, I've heard wonderful things about Ghana. Number two, it has introed you quickly to people from Ghana in Mm a, like, like, you quickly find out about someone because they are prompted to tell you a little bit about themselves by virtue of like recognizing your name mm-hmm. that's kind of cool yeah. question mark like it is you know it is because the, the the delivery guy he starts talking to me about there is a famous singer in ghana named afia and he's like you should listen to her songs they're really cool and then my mom is like yeah i love afro beats i'm gonna go listen to it now and she like turns around <laughs> and goes away. i'm like thank you sir <laughs> he's like you gotta go visit ghana if you have to go to any country in africa go to ghana first so, you know, every time now he comes by, he'll tell my mom, like, what Ghana looks like and where she'll have to go. And, you know, so they're planning this trip. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when they're, going to Ghana, they're planning this trip. So I'm glad that my name you know, <laughs> created this vacation that my mom's taking oh, at the God. request of our UPS delivery man. <laughs> You're bringing people together. Bringing Always. people together since... I guess you were born. Well, yeah, just about. Just about. Oh, my God. Okay. Right on that birth certificate. Uh, So, so I think it's, first of all, I have to also say that Brooklyn Tech offering up anything that connects you with archaeology that early is a hell of a lot more than I can say about my, you know, little public school in Tucson. Like, (laughs) God forbid, you know, I mean, there there just wasn't, you know. I was like, how cool they could afford the worms we're dissecting in biology this year. <laughs> like, Ugh. Yeah. Uh... Brooklyn Tech, it was a behemoth. I mean, it still is. I guess as I've gotten older now, it looks smaller. But um, first and foremost, it was at that time when I was buying to get into Brooklyn Tech, it was one of the three specialized high schools in New York City. So you had to take a test in order to get into one of these three schools. And based on your ranking on that test, it would determine how many schools you got into. Hmm. So technically, uh, thank God we're placing still lots of importance on just the test taking (laughs) process. (laughs) As we know, it's the most reliable thing in the world. Right. Oh, boy. So um, 
But you were a good test taker, I like I was. I was a test taker, yes. And yeah, lucky I us. I actually got into two schools. I got into the Bronx High School of Science, which was kind of like ranked second, and Brooklyn Tech, which was ranked third. But I mean, it was still a specialized high school. So I was just like, okay, it's the third of like the best, though. So like, oh, it's still yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got into those two schools, and my mom was like, Bronx? Hell no. You know how long you're going to be on a train trying to get to school? That's like two and a half hours. And then you have to yeah. wake up at five o'clock to go stand on the train station in the platform in the snow in New York yeah. City. Hell I mean, no. she has a point. That all sounds pretty <laughs> and I was hard. Like, hey, I'm cool with it. I, I'll stay right yeah. here in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, so we stayed there, and then on top of that, my teacher, she uh, just filled out application. I tell you, teachers, some some of them you gotta love them. She was just like, I love this girl, and she's smart, and I love all the other kids mm. in my class, and they're smart. She literally enrolled us in like a program at Brooklyn Tech without even telling us. She just like filled out applications for us, oh, wow. and it was just like, hey, you got accepted into like this accelerated science group, and it was like, huh? When did I apply for this? <laughs> and I mean, I it was it was an experience. There were its ups and its downs because, of course, it's high school. You're going through puberty. I like boys. I don't know if I like boys. Ah, all this stuff is happening. But sure, the program itself basically kind of um, there was 50 kids. They put 50 kids together for all four years for certain science and math classes. So we were in a school within the school. Okay. And, um, yeah, so we were like 50 separated from the other 9,000, you know, not 9,000. I'm sorry. I can't do math. 4,900 and, and, you know, 45 students yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it, it was a great experience because we actually got to build like lasting friendships with some people. Like one of my best friends is, you know, from tech and from Pulse, which was the program. But it was disgusting because we saw the same people all the time. Like we could not <laughs> mingle with other students because of our oh, classes. No. So yeah. it was like solitary confinement with 49 other folks. And then uh, we like you were going to boarding terms, school like, inside a town yes. of like all these other people. You know, so it was like. Whenever we actually got to meet the others, we called it Gen Pop. We're like, oh, my God, we got a class in Gen Pop. Ooh. Do you have science in Gen Pop? Yes. How exotic. <laughs> you know? uh, we get to meet new kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only times you mingled with the rest of the school was like gym, lunch, and yeah. uh, what was it? Maybe history? <laughs> that was about it. Not even. I think only We're- when we got to like junior uh, or junior year, we started getting more open classes. Language. That was the other class. Was there a sense at all in the in the gen pop of like, oh, look at the oh, I guess you guys are really special. They yeah. could smell pulse off of us. It's like, oh, yeah, the pulse kids. Oh, they think they're so smart. We're like, we don't want to be so smart. We want to be like yeah. you. We want to be with the rest yeah. of you. We're not. I was talking. To, yeah, I was talking to somebody else about that. It might have been like, oh, gosh, I can't remember. It was one of my boys of summer. Um who was a Chicago kid. I'm, not, I, I'm feeling open mic eagle, but I could be mm-hmm. wrong. But this idea of like the, the downfall of the gate program and the pulse program of like, you know, like, yeah, we're going to single you out. Mm-hmm. And in many ways it will suck. Like yes. <laughs> it is, it, it does not feel like a reward. And you know, just that sort of like, Oh, that's yeah. That's yeah. not, we didn't think this through. Cause not there's definitely some, <laughs> some shitty bullying, like, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, and just like, and you know, you sort of understand it on the other side too. It's like, it sucks to be a person told you're not special and this group is special. So Precisely. it sort of incites shittiness on all sides, you know, it can, you know, 
Absolutely. But then you have That's to why all the Harry Potter kids just had to go really far away <laughs> yes. to like a mountain castle. And even still, there's bullying. So never mind. There was still bullying there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did you have this is such a specific, like very teenage question. But um, I because I went to a school that had two schools inside of it as well. Mm. Uh, there was a certain um, there was a certain like because, again, hormones going crazy. Yes. There would definitely be like a. Oh, I keep seeing this person and we might as well be in different world. Like, I don't know who it is. They, we, our paths cross in the hallway. You know, was there, was there a sense of that for you? Like people that weren't part of those 50 that you were like, now who, oh, no, gone. Yeah. That's it. Well, may, may, may never see them again. Yes. And we go to the same school. Yes. I mean, there were times where, I mean, we had to, when I say me and some of my girlfriends, we had to just find people's schedule because we were like so tired. <laughs> we were like, oh my God, did you see that guy? Yes. Okay. We have to stand in front of three and three. Okay. Synchronize our watches. Wait, wait, wait. He passes. Uh-huh. Like 452, unless it's a snow day when he's getting a little bit late. Come on, guys. Oh, I miss yeah. that though. <laughs> I miss the sleuth work. I miss the like, so much. Uh, the, speaking of pulse, I miss the like racing pulse the like crush stance yes. of like i do miss that i you do know? miss like small things feeling important for the most part i'm glad is over but it, yes absolutely. i you know but there are definitely moments where i'm like oh god like i miss those that's a that's a thrill it's yeah it's dopamine it's like that adrenaline and dopamine rush of you know oh, i think if we time it right faster 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 you know we're gonna miss start it running, just start running throw your pencil throw your yeah. pencel. just like yeah <laughs> you know, you're running after your pencil i'm sorry and you're like oh my god i touched his leg Let me see that. like one of those those yeah things. and then now you, know, you had like what you yeah. said where you will see a oh, guy yeah. and it's like mm, i don't know if i'll ever see him again because i don't yeah was it a fluke was Bye. it a substitute today i don't know <laughs> did i dream this did i imagine them did i never even yeah. yeah um when you you just mentioned in passing and we don't have to dwell on it if you don't want mm-hmm. to but you mentioned in passing the like do i like guys do i not like guys like mm-hmm. where's you know the, the confusing uh where's my head out where's you know do i have to know that right now kind of kind of time happening as well with everything else going mm-hmm. on uh was that something that you did kind of have to like figure out or feel the feel the pressure to figure out not really at that time yeah um, not at that time i mean like i'm i what i would be called as like as a cis hetero female mm-hmm. just making sure i'm using the right terminology listen just throw them all in there and right. one of them is um, pc cis hetero female um <laughs> however i i will say that i am and i'm not making this up i don't know if it's real but i was like i'm queer curious because mm-hmm. like um, you're not making that up I, you know, cause I, so in high school, I absolutely knew that I liked boys. Um, but the funny thing is I didn't talk to a lot of boys at all, or I wouldn't bring boys home. Or I wouldn't talk to my mom about boys. Cause I think mom is, my mom is kind of like one of those older parents who's kind of like, I don't think I need to talk to her about sex. I think she, mm-hmm. she just don't. So yeah. we would never sit down and talk about boys, but she also didn't hear me talk to my sisters too much about boys or if I did talk to my sisters about boys, I like, don't tell mommy anything. Oh, so sure. She, so she wouldn't hear anything. So at some point she thought that maybe I was queer or lesbian. Got it. Got it. And she was like, I don't know. And then it didn't help that like at this point too, I was also just buying boxer briefs because I just felt that they were better than shorts to wear yeah. at home. So I would just wear yeah. boxer briefs and yeah. like tidy white. We were wearing that. We were wearing boxer briefs to school when I was uh, very young. <laughs> like there was a f- serious phase of in just, the yeah. 90s. It's like, like in the 90s at some point we you would wear like gap boys boxers colorful boxers yeah. and like maybe some long underwear underneath those yeah. and then like 
combat boots. It was a wild, eclectic time. Wild time. <laughs> like a, any, a little bit of anything goes somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Somehow. But yeah. yeah, so she's seeing that and then I'm not talking about boys and she's like, oh my God, I don't know. Is she, is she, is she Kay? I don't know. And she would say this to my sister who would then say it to me and I would just like laugh like, I can't believe this lady. This is funny. But uh, in all, in all honesty, I mean, I would talk to my sister about like, I, I find women attractive. Um, and even to this day, I still talk to her about like, I don't know how far I'd go if with like with a woman, but I don't see myself being like grossed out by being with a woman you know like i don't i don't yeah. know that feeling that super hetero women feel where it's like ugh, ugh, gross another woman i'm like no she's beautiful yeah. like are you kidding me like i would love to go on a date with a woman and just go on a date like you know yeah but um it is like it really can be a you don't necessarily know one of my one of my best friends in um uh, I mean, I I knew her from fourth grade on, but we became close and more more. We were didn't really know each other that well, but kind of had some classes together in junior high. And then by high school, we ended up getting really close. And then I lived with her for part of college. And, you know, she's just very, very important to me. But um, she was she had never like kissed a girl or anything. Mm-hmm. And she was she was like sort of like mildly fascinated that I was just all over the place and uh, <laughs> and just didn't you know, it was just like not like I didn't even really talk talk about it she was it was just like uh, and and but it was not you know it wasn't even something that she hadn't like the curious i mean i think she's she's i'm saying repeating her i'm not like mm-hmm. positing a, an idea of what i think she thought she was like yeah, i was always curious but like i wasn't even like curious enough to ask you about it really it was just like that was you that was you and i i thought it was great and like but it, I, I didn't think to myself is that also me mm-hmm. and, and you know she just had a series of long-term relationships um with guys and she married a guy in her 20s and she uh was sort of you know like it was kind of turned into a platonic marriage mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, a girl that i think was either i think might have maybe one of her roommates um they just completely fell madly in love and she's like oh i you know in her late 20s was like oh i have to leave my marriage and i'm in i'm in love with this woman and yeah. she's never been with a man since like she's now been happily married um to a woman for like a decade and but she's like never she never she never she she was like i i I didn't think of myself as bi ever and then when i fell in love with the first woman i fell in love with Mm -hmm. like i was gay like i just it was sort of like oh i'm gay um so you just you know who knows it's yeah. like you never know and this girl totally seduced her by the way <laughs> it, was like, it wasn't like she really even anything was she was like, after yeah, she doesn't yeah. know it yet, yeah yeah very much so i really think it was yeah. i because i think she was like shocked like what are you doing wait don't stop <laughs> there's a real sort of <laughs> moment of like uh-oh 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 you know so yeah. uh, we're just our bodies and our minds are so fascinating they are um and you're going to explore all of that from ancient Egypt to present day That's in right. your young adult sci-fi fantasy wonderful book that your Absolutely. muse is going to be showing up for. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, did you get into, were you a pretty good kid in terms of like you weren't going out? And I mean, I'm sure the opportunities abound in New York if they <sighs> uh, abounded in, they absolutely in Arizona to party and stuff. So many opportunities. And in fact, that was what we were discussing with my mom last night that we did not <laughs> take pleasure. We did not take any of these <laughs> liberties uh-huh. with these opportunities. <laughs> um we were explaining to my mom because I don't think she fully comprehended uh, that like she we, we were 
we grew up in a strict household. So my mom was a very strict yeah. woman. Um, and it was generational. So her mother was very strict with her. So sure. with us, she was also strict. And so uh, my mother, again, she's raising, you know, three young girls by herself in New York City. You know, so she's in constant, like, attack mode. Right. So she's and, she, actually- and she had never just as I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sorry. Oh. So, so sorry. I'm very bad at that. But uh, <laughs> okay. and, and she moved to New York for the first time already having kids. Yeah. So she had been. Yeah. I mean, that's overwhelming. Yeah. So, you know, she came to the States before, like, you know, came around, saw it and then came back. And for the first time being here, it's like with she first came with me and then she sent for my two sisters like six months later. So, you know, and had to establish work and, you know, get a place and all that other good stuff all on her own. So Again, she was very much like a guard dog with (laughs) with with three girls, you know, and yeah. And two of them were already like 11 and 12. So they're already in the midst of that preteen heading into Mm -hmm. their teens and, you know, a young child under, you know, 10. So, you know, we we did not do much. So uh, and she would only let us do things with people that she wholeheartedly trusted on top of that, which was another hurdle, like making my mom, you know, trust you completely. So I know from my sisters, anytime that they did want to go out, they typically would go out. Um, so like if they were going out to clubs or dances or something, it would be with my mom's um, friends who would maybe be the DJ or like the people supplying equipment or something to these events. Mm. And so they would be you know responsible for making sure my sisters are OK. And they also would act like guard dogs and, you know, older brothers. Like, who are you talking to that little girl? Move away from, you know, so it was just, right. <laughs> it was one of those situations for them. Um, and then for me. I didn't really go out much because as my sisters got older and they got more rebellious, I would see the consequences of their rebellion. I was like, I sure. do not want those consequences to happen yep, to me. Yep, so yep, I'm yep. not going to do that. Um, and if I did want to do anything, like I literally had to bring friends over to the house for my mom to kind of vet them and be like, I trust this one. Okay, sure. You two can go to the movies. I, 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 I don't like that one <laughs> oh, in the no. corner. So oh, no. I think you need to just... Don't go anywhere with that one. Not, not, yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine? I mean, being a parent trying to use your best judgment with stuff like that, because I feel like, you know, talk about a cross section of friends I had. I had like the friends that were awful around my parents just because they were so awkward because they'd never, they weren't like a kid like I was who had been raised around adults, you know, Mm -hmm. like my dad's friends, like kind of, you you were saying your mom had adult friends Mm -hmm. that would like look out for you guys. Like, you know, I was so used to being around adults, but I had, friends who were perfectly great kids who just were very uncomfortable and like awkward around adults Mm -hmm. and they would be considered the ones you couldn't trust because they weren't like you know super friendly and like well-spoken around but then like half of the kids that are well-spoken around adults are like they figured that out because they're manipulative (laughs) you know what I mean like those are the ones that are like yes I will have her home of course ma'am absolutely wouldn't touch a hair on her head that's you know and it's like like, yeah yeah don't trust that one yeah I'm gonna go smoke pot at this place over here exactly I got the change of clothes and the spritz in the bag a hundred percent it's just like it's and you know and there and that doesn't mean you can't be a well-spoken good kid it's just like it feels like it's anyone's guess it's anyone's best guess exactly could go anyway Oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever have? Did you have a time after, like, into early adulthood? Did you ever have a sort of like, oh my god, this is all the stuff I pent up when I was younger, or was it just like a smooth transition? (laughs) I, I didn't. I felt I had. I did not feel that until I got divorced. This is this this is so ridiculous. (laughs) Like I, I literally did not have that until I got divorced. Like the entire time, you know, it was just like, all right, I'm still gonna just 
be here for my mom, help my mom, help my mom, you know, just not do anything to just get on her nerves, whatever. Because at this point, mm-hmm. like I'm in my twenties, but I'm still living at home. Um, and you know, my mother's one of those under my house, under my rules type of person, of course, as sure. all people would be. So I still didn't do too, too much. Um, and then it was literally from being at home to just getting married and, and being with my, my now ex-husband. So I didn't even have a transition where I was like on my own and got a chance to be on my own and do whatever yeah. I wanted. It was home, home, home. And then marriage, home, 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 home. And it wasn't until literally like my 30th birthday, my good friend, Vincent, who you know, was like, yes. we're going to make you smoke pot for your 30th birthday. I was like, oh, really? Okay. We're gonna... Let me tell like, you, it's a tough, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm glad it was a good experience. You know, there's nothing like we're going to make you smoke pot. Yeah, (laughs) that could have gone the other way. Like for me, I would have been like and I would have had a nervous breakdown. (laughs) I mean, I did tons of drugs, but like I in in the situation where someone else made the decision for me, I'd be like, I'm freaking out. It's my birthday and I'm freaking out. Thanks, guys, because I'm freaking out right now. I can't feel my feet. I can't feel my face. I'm glad that it went well. I'm glad that I guess I put it well. I was like, all right. After that, I just started doing a lot more things that I never got a chance to do. And that's that's when that whole that was that whole moment. I got it out and I was like, okay, uh, now I can relax and sit with a calm mind and figure (laughs) out my my next steps in life. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey, everyone, it's I, John Hodgman of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. And I, Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse podcast. And we've made a whole new podcast, a 12-episode special miniseries called iPodius, in which we recap, discuss, and explore the very famous 1976 BBC miniseries about ancient Rome called I, Claudius. We've got incredible guests such as Gillian Jacobs, Paul F. Tompkins, as well as star of I, Claudius, Sir Patrick Stewart. And his son, non-sir Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Daniel. Get there someday. iPodius is the name of the show. Every week from MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I am going to do this MASH game with you. I'm very excited about it. That time flew by as... I knew that it would, um, but I have had you almost an hour. We have not even launched into this yet, so nice. uh, let us do some play here with the mash. Um, for our first category, mm-hmm. I don't think this will surprise you in the least. I would like to give you the opportunity to go in time, forwards or backwards, to a place uh, you are in a safety bubble you can be there for as little or as long as you want, whenever you want. Um, three places and times that you would love to kind of see, spend time in, bear witness to, solve a mystery, whatever you want. Three places. Three places. Okay. So backwards and forth. So, of course, ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another one. Another good one for me would be ancient Rome. Great. And... Mostly because Bridgerton made it pop into my head again. So Regency <laughs> England, so that far oh back. Oh my god, I've totally been watching that as well. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, but he, that man is extremely handsome. He is yummy. He's a very delicious young man. Very yummy. Like it's a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. 
they're just a certain type of I feel like a lot of the time I'm not I don't necessarily feel it with like the dream boats that everyone loves like whether it's like like I'm not a I'm not a gosling that's fine Mm -hmm. like I'm not a uh I'm not a Pattinson you know I'm not I've never was a Brad Pitt I've never been like a I've never was a DiCaprio. I was usually leaning into the funny or the like, you know, but like yeah, certain charismas. But anyway, like the uh, of late, it really has just been like Idris Elba. Everyone gets it. Male, yes. female, black, white, any everyone. other color. We all get it. Yeah. Um, This is kind of that. I mean, he's just but like he's so much prettier than I usually. But mm. he's so cute. He is. He's just really. But he just knows it. I mean, you know, he's got all his little looks. He's got his raised he eyebrow. Does. Like he's got his he's got his like, it's you know, twinkle his, his, his stuff, eye. But... It's I don't know. It's the yeah, he's real cute. But also his friend that he boxes with is also. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Very, very, very attractive nice man. Yeah. Very attractive man. I actually told my sister um, that too when we were watching it. I was like, did you see his boxing partner? He was something yeah. to look at too. Yeah. Man. They've got they've they they've got a pretty great cast going on that. I mean it's like it's definitely like eating candy, but um it's fun. Yep. I've been enjoying it. I've I think I'm like might only be like three episodes in, but I feel like a lot has happened. Oh, so maybe I'm deeper when in. When you get to the fourth episode then then Okay. Yeah. Okay. It All right. Off. Uh, Regency England, love it. Uh, for the same reasons, love it. Um, okay. Next category, let's do three fictitious places where it would be fun to have like a second home that we can sort of teleport you to. Three. And it could be like it could be like fictitious in the sense of like the Brooklyn of blank story, or you know, but it could also be like the Moon of Endor in Star Wars. Like it could be. Um, it could be sort of anything you want as grounded or as fantastic, Cole, Three as you want. Three fictitious place to vacation. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you a second home there. That will be where your mansion, apartment, shack, or house will okay. be. Okay. I would actually love to live in Rivendell. Great. From Lord of the Rings. Yes, um, indeed. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with, um, because of the mummy, I'm going to go with Hamanoptera, which is oh. the place where uh, Anuk Sunamun was born in the mummy. Love it. And oh, you know what I would like to live, even though it was it was a terrible thing, and I'm gonna be really terrible about describing it. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually not. Uh, the name of that movie is Skyscraper with the Rock, right? Okay. Um, okay, and that actual skyscraper, even though like it was blown up and all that other good stuff, but like something high tech, fancy like that, like in um, got it, crazy rich Asians, like that. Yeah, estate. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get you. I get you. Um, this is totally random, uh, but I feel like you're gonna enjoy this tidbit. I will say that I for one day, when I first came to LA, I don't even think I had moved here yet. Um, I registered with the temp agency, as you do, had mm-hmm. no money, zero money. Um, and I ended up for one day working at the this um management company I, that I cannot remember what the name of it is. Oh, The Firm. It was called The Firm. I don't know if it still exists, but it was like a high-end, like a st- like superstar management company. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was just like some random temp that had just come down from San Francisco and that they felt comfortable enough with my resume that they were like, we're going to have you answer phones for like a really hot shit manager <laughs> for because her assistant called in sick today. Uh, but I got sent there and I was working for... Um, 
this manager who managed a bunch of very famous people, mm -hmm. uh, the only in-person visit that I got from uh, one of the clients of this manager was Brittany Murphy. <gasps> she oh. was so sweet and adorable and funny. Okay. And she offered me a job <laughs> like that day because we got along so well. She was like, do you want to come be my assistant? And I was like, I'm trying, I think I'm going to do with like, a I'm trying to do what you do kind of, but that's so embarrassing to admit. Like it was just, and then she passed away, like not <sighs> that long afterwards. And I was, I felt so lucky to have met her, but it was yes. also such a weird punch in the stomach. Like mm. she had become real to me in a way that she never would have been had that not mm -hmm. brief period. To, but then it was like, oh, this is awful. Anyway, but the point of the story is <laughs> that another one of her clients was Brendan Fraser. Mm. And he called like he, he had called in for her. He was so nice, so funny, so warm. And there was some kind of thing where like. He was there was some kind of I mean, this is like none of my business, but, you know, it's like you have to see you roll you roll calls. So yeah. you're you're you know, you've got the the agent. You're, you're supposed to sit there and listen and end the call like when mm -hmm. they say, OK, you can hang up now. And so I was like, but, so there was I can't remember exactly the circumstances, but like he just really wanted to make another mummy. He was like, when are we going to make another mummy? And I just thought he was so adorable. And it was just so sweet to hear him. He loved the experience of working on those movies. And like, there was just something so sweet and funny and childlike about him being like, uh, is that on the table? Like, can we make another? Oh. I, and I just thought he was darling. So I thought you would enjoy knowing that I, I had a very positive association on a personal level with Thank that particular person. That. I yeah. do. I feel even more so welcome. Thank yeah, you. you're so welcome. Next category, let's get into some romance. Okay. Three people don't care if they're characters, uh, creatures, uh, fictitious, real, any era, any age, any age you want them to have been, like if they're 11D now, but you wish they were, you know, 35, um, their 35-year-old self, it's up to you. Okay. So, of course, because Bridgerton is in my mind right now, I'm going yeah. to put Mr. Uh, Simon Hastings, the the Duke of uh, Duke Hastings. Duke Hastings. Um, that's my one. Number two would be. Um, it can be real or fake, right? Yeah, hundred okay. percent. Henry Cavill, because that's that's my um, that's my imaginary love of my life. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Been following that man, man's career for a while. Um, nice, love him. Yeah, and he's great. My third one. Hmm, who is a good third? Damn it! I would say. I mean, I'm going to say him mostly because I did have a huge crush on him from the books, not the TV show. Mm -hmm. but Bill Compton from the Sicky Stack House series. Oh, sure, Vampire great. Bill. Did you feel like when you saw the series, where you're like him? Like that's who you guys cast? It was Or was it, was, it did it feel like it made sense? Or I mean I don't know. I don't no, have a I mean like he was I think honestly I think he did um he did a really good a pretty good job. I thought he did a pretty yeah. good job as Bill. Uh though there were times when he would speak his British accent would actually slip out. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh and he and, struggled. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like I'm an air, like I'm an air snob in that because, as you know, mm -hmm, like I mm -hmm. like hearing people talk, listen to languages and dialects. So I would hear that and go, ah, "Tighten it up, tighten it up, sweetheart." But yeah, same. Uh, I think he did like a really good job of transforming Bill from the way that he, they had him in the book to on the show. But then the show itself just started going off the rails by like <laughs> the season four, season four. And the thing about yeah. that that killed me was that the books are supernatural and like 
wonky and weird enough that they did not have to add all the extra added BS that they added to the show. It's like yeah. you had enough source material to yeah. go in a million and one directions than to go yeah. the way they went. So after it, that, it, his character it definitely went terrible. campy, like real campy. Yeah. So that's why I got to say book Bill Compton versus gotcha. TV show. Bill book Compton. Bill Compton. Copy that. Yes. Um, okay, next category, three foods that you can have, unlimited, zero ramifications, no such thing as allergies, no such thing as, as harming animals. It's all somehow this like perfect utopic version of the food. Okay, my favorite foods are casino clams. I love those, even though I don't get to eat them often. So casino clams. Um, this dish that my mom makes, which is smoked herring uh, with dal which is just like boiled split peas and rice um yeah that's been my favorite dish from birth um and the third thing that i love to eat is um i love to eat like pasta cheesy pasta so oh sure um yeah so anything that's like a a i just put cheesy pasta you had me a cheesy pasta pasta dish yes indeed 100 percent agree okay next one let's do alternate universe careers we'll imagine only the good unless it's important to you to include the bad but otherwise just whatever whatever it feels like it would be would be amazing about those careers three okay so i'm gonna say archaeology because that's i mean that's technically an alternate universe i mean that's the reason that i brought that category up so don't insult me So archaeology um, would be one. Another one, alternate universe. Um, I feel like if I was living on Earth B-52, I'd probably be like some marketing exec on that universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in uh, another universe, I think I would be like a, a hardcore like D- like like DNA scientist, like a I don't even know how to describe that, but yes, I think I'm just hardcore DNA scientist. Yes, I love it. Or a scientist who just specializes in DNA and replication or mutations or whatever. Great DNA scientist. Great. Um, maybe I should have you tutor me in just stuff that I don't. I wish I would have listened harder uh, in in school, and mm-hmm. you can just like help me. Um, okay, next one now. I this was like I'm basing this off of one quick thing you said, mm-hmm. but Mama doesn't forget. Yes, I want you to give me the loose setting, possibly theme, but at least where you know you could you would set it, or like a circumstance where you'd set it. Three mm-hmm. different eroticas that I know of, or the or where no, that you would them? write. That yeah, I would like write. that you would write. Yeah. Okay. So okay. like, yeah. Okay. So I would write. Um, okay. So I would write erotic. So in this case, you have written like, oh, these these are three. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. I like have you, written. Yeah. I have written. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's like romance erotica for like, like, I don't want to say moms, but like mom erotica. Uh, Great. Mom erotica. <laughs> mom Doing erotica. It. Um, I would write uh, BDSM erotica right and i would write um like romantic escapist erotica great okay great uh all of which may uh, amass a fortune for you okay um (laughs) okay uh okay next one um (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I'm laughing at this because this is I now I'm just indulging myself and like yeah. creating categories that I want for me based off of your interests. Yeah. So it's getting a little silly. But I want you to pick maybe I'll just include myself. Mm-hmm. You and I are going to go on three different kinds of treasure hunts. Mm. Could be anywhere in the world. Where are we and what are we searching for? Ooh, okay. So and it doesn't have to be based in any real like any treasure real situation. Place. You could be like a famous countess in Venice in the 1700s. So, like, it, you know, it could be just completely made up, but just like a thing that sounds like it'd be fun and like adrenaline filled to be like, yeah. oh my God, the back of this map is actually also a map, but it's a different map. So for me, one would be, which is actually one thing that I wanted to do, and I knew it was going to be a fantasy either way, but was fine. Right. We're going to find the the actual tomb of the real Imhotep because there was a real great, Imhotep, and no one has found him yet. Great. Um, the other dig that we would do, or treasure hunt we will do, would be in like the, I guess what would that be? Like the southeast coast of the U.S. So I guess like near or around Florida. And we're looking for the Fountain of Youth because no one has found it yet. Oh, great. Um, and the other treasure would be the other treasure hunt. I see us somewhere in like, like the desert area of mongolia seeking like (gasps) ancient jade artifact oh i love it great great not my lara croft on there love me some lara croft oh my god of course you did i mean that totally makes sense that's perfect okay great um okay and then final uh three let's do three different like badass skills that one of which you will get that would be very useful in this life of adventure Mm. Okay, fighting, number one. <laughs> and some Great. kind of yeah. combat skills. Great. Um, rock climbing and agility. Like you have to have some kind of agility in here. Yeah, good point. I could really use more. Just in regular life, I could I could <laughs> yes, I could absolutely. stand to not like be walking through a doorway, turn around to look at something and just slam into the doorway yep. itself with my shoulder. Like what, Janet, you were you were almost through. Almost you were almost through the, through the doorway. Yep. And somehow you managed to like dislocate your shoulder. How did that happen? That was the last category. I'm uh-huh. so excited to get these results. Uh, you know, uh, you want me to do a little doodle, like the quick little doodle that, yes. that okay. That so, doodle. so you tell me when to stop. stop. Okay. Yeah. Here I go. Now. Stop. Okay. Uh, I drew an onk. Nice. It felt like the right thing to do. Uh, okay. Me and okay. my inner child, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm more than happy to have uh, obliged. Okay. So while I do this, will you please tell people about Adultish and anything else you would like people to know about you, like your jewelry? Absolutely. So yes, for those of you who are listening, I run a podcast called The Adultish Podcast with my good friend, Vincent Bernard. It is an ongoing conversation about being an adult in the conventional sense as we know it, as well as the way in which we're living it, uh, mostly with Black millennials. Um, you can find us on Adultish on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Adultish P Zero D C A S T. Uh, I also have an online boutique called Pretty Poet Inc. Um, you can find some of my handmade jewelry with a nerd girl flair. Uh, they're available for sale at Pretty Poet I N K 
com. And last but not least, as I mentioned, I'm getting back into writing. So you can go ahead and uh, check out my blog where I deconstruct Disney movies as well as talk about a bunch of nerd girl stuff at aljatherwriter.com. And if you'd like to find me, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at alja0214 or Instagram at lajolipoeta. That's L-A-J-O-L-I-E-P-O-E-T-A. You timed that out so perfectly. (laughs) I just circled the last thing as you were spelling that. That was sublime. I am real excited about this. Oh, that reminds me that I know. But when we spoke, you were like, and I can do something custom. And then I was like, oh, I want to do something custom because that is more personal. And then I just haven't thought of what that is. So I might turn it back on you and say, I want you to do a custom Mm. piece that you feel in some way in your heart reflects this conversation absolutely okay absolutely that's very exciting to me um okay i could (laughs) not be more excited about the outcome of this match game oh it's (laughs) real positive it's real real positive um i'm gonna look first of all i'm gonna say I couldn't be less surprised that your venture into momrotica, as I've now called it, <laughs> yes. has yielded the fortune for you that it has. Yes. Uh, but it certainly has. Um, there's just a lot of really good stuff going on here. So not only did you do that, but you're also an ace badass DNA scientist. Nice. Uh, so I feel like, I don't know, one of those is more of a hobby or such a genius that you, you could be that the DNA science is the hobby. I don't even know. Do on the side. Yeah. I work with the um, occasionally. Well, let me go ahead and tell you where you're going to be able to use that. However, mm. perhaps in your travels back to ancient Egypt. Ooh, there we go. That's some mitochondrial DNA shit right there. Shit. Right. I don't know why I'm being so defensive. Like I'm arguing a case in court. <laughs> And you're the my opponent? No. Uh, I really slammed my hand against the pad like I was angry. Okay. So uh, super excited about that. Um, there's going to be some adventure there. I think we can both agree. I know there's going to be adventure when you and I are uh, in the middle of uh, Mongolia, where Ooh. I feel like we could be in the desert. But I also foresee maybe a part of it going into the mountains and mm. the snow. Um, it's going to be going to be all over that area looking for a very... Uh, a prized piece of uh, historic jade mm-hmm. artifact. Very excited about that. Um, perhaps when you are done with the, the arid climate uh, of Mongolia, you'll be excited to go to your vacation home in Rivendell. Oh, I would love it. Yeah. The elves are so calm. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of you eating casino clams in Rivendell. <laughs> There's something very <laughs> funny about that to me. Very, very satisfying. Um, like, but I want you to rest assured if anyone tries to wrestle those clams away from you in Rivendell or elsewhere, your fighting skills are going to make awesome. sure they are not touched with those clams. That's right. Not today. Not today, not Legolas. Today. Not today. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. P.S. It's a mansion. Did I mention it is a mansion okay. in Rivendell? Oh, so not bad. Uh, I guess that only live, leaves us with we've covered all of his other fabulous outcomes. Uh, you are sharing this with Simon Hastings, <gasps> the Duke himself. Oh, yes. I'm extremely envious yet very excited for you. Uh. This is a pretty choice mash game. Like, that is amazing. I feel like you got the best of it all. Am I wrong? 
I mean, that is that is because like you get like, oh, you didn't get archaeology. But by the way, you get to go to ancient Egypt. And so you're still doing archaeology. Like you're just doing the mitochondrial DNA stuff that you. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty amazing. Um, This has been so much fun. I'm so glad it finally happened. I'm so glad it happened. Ah, what a treat. Um, I very much hope that we get to see each other in person uh, in a in a safe uh environment uh, on either coast um it's been so weird not traveling i really miss going to new york so i hope that uh that that will happen within this year and uh i'm gonna buy a a lovely meal for vincent you and me yes cheesy pasta some cheesy pasta <laughs> all day long, all day long. I wouldn't, you know what? I'd stretch that out into risotto mm. if uh, Ooh, if that's the yes, right kind yes. of place too, because that's just like delicious, yes, delicious, deliciousness. Um, please, everyone, check out all of the wonderful things that Afia is up to, and uh, everyone, stay safe. And I will talk to you next time on the podcast. show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.